silence. Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. It is Tactical Tuesday. What's up, everyone? Do you guys hear that song in your sleep, by the way? That that little like Agent Power Huddle? He's just like, yes, I do. Because that was the whole idea when we, so so my buddy Jeffrey wrote it. And my, my thought was that every time you guys, if we start playing it every day, when you guys hear that song, it'll put you into state. You're like, all right, I'm gonna learn something good, right? You hear it, you're like, all right, let's do this. I was thinking about what's going on in the world, what's going on in the market. And I want to focus more of what we talk about this morning on the buyer side, because I find that I keep hearing over and over that buyers are really challenging. Although I truly believe you guys, if you're not spending effort going after listings, pretty please, you should definitely be spending some time going after listings right now. But for those of you who still have a lot of buyers, right? Like my business partner is my mom. Anyone know that my business partner is my mom? And my mom says to me yesterday, she's been doing real estate for, I don't know, she's been doing real estate for uh, 16, 17 years, you know, full-time, 30 years off and on. And she goes, yeah, I got five buyers. I can't find an inventory. It's, it's, it's a struggle, right? How many of you feel that way with buyers right now? You're like, it's, it's a struggle. So I don't know if anything I'm going to teach you today will be a magic bullet, but I'm hoping it will at least give you some rays of positivity, at least some fun stuff you can play with in the world of buyers because it's all about the way you say things matters. And um, I texted Ken Kratz this morning from Seattle. I said, Ken, this is going to be right up your alley today. So if you want to jump in and have anyone else is a master of the way they say things, please jump in. I love this because I've learned things on these calls from you guys, just like hopefully you learn stuff from me. And that's the whole reason we are here. Ready to rock and roll? We're good. So we're going to start this morning on the way you say things matters. I got a list of just really quick bullet points. And for some of you who are early on in your sales career, if this is the only one you learn and then you zone out for the rest of the you know, 27 minutes, I'm okay with that. If you just practice this one thing, this call could literally be two to three minutes long because I think this one is that powerful. But I'm just going to give you rapid fire a bunch of little ones after this. So the first one is about the intonation, right? The intonation. How many of you guys know what the word intonation means? Raise your hand. Those of you I can see. It's a really simple word. But have you ever played purposely with intonation in your communications with clients? Has anyone played with this before? Connie's laughing and Ken, I know Ken has. So Connie, you're welcome to jump in too because Connie and I learned this stuff together 15 years ago. Actually, I don't know when you learned it, Connie, but Connie was one of my very first role play partners, actually, Connie in Salt Lake City uh, 15 years ago. It was one of my first role play partners. So intonation. And Ken, here's the way I use it. And I want to hear how you use it. So I use intonation most importantly when I'm saying things either like a question or like a statement. And I don't know if we've talked about this on this call, but someone asked me about this recently. So I'm, I'm bringing it over now. And if we've gone over this, it's probably been months since we went over it. So hopefully this is a good refresher or new knowledge for some of you guys. When you say a question, how do you end the way your voice goes at the end of a sentence when you, when you do a question? Who knows? Do it with your hand. Do the gesture with me. It goes up, right? Do you guys, do you guys wanna go, do you guys wanna, you guys wanna hang out tomorrow? Do you guys, do you guys wanna jump on a Zoom with me? Is that a right? question? Is that a question? Ken, are you having fun? <laughs> I'm having fun. Ken's having a statement. Right? So do it with your hand. When you, when, you, when you make a statement, Ken just said, I'm having fun. What do you do with your voice? Intonation-wise. Fun. You go down. 
you go down. So here's in the world of buyers, how I want to do this. You guys can ask things and this will tie into the idea of confidence that we're actually going to have someone come on and talk in a few weeks. I just talked to someone yesterday. He's like, yeah, I gave an amazing talk on how to build confidence. I'm like, I love it. Will you come on Agent Power Huddle? He said, yes. Okay. So if you want to short circuit to building confidence, you can do it just in the way you ask questions. So let's say you're looking at a property and it's a perfect house, right? And you know, it's perfect house for the client. They know it's perfect house for the client. Do you look at them and say, do you want to write an offer? Or do you look at them and say, do you want to write an offer? Same words, different intonation, right? Do you want to write an offer? Do you want to write an offer? Now, I'm not saying you need to say that statement, do you want to write an offer? But I'm just giving you the exact, if you literally say the exact same words with different intonation, do you feel the difference of that, guys? Okay. And here's how I learned to do this. Really simple trick. That's why I said this could literally be two minute long call. That train will be gone in a second. Don't worry. And Ken, you can tell me if you ever did this. Everyone take your, take your hand and put it in a fist. And if you're on camera, it's okay. I promise I won't make fun of you, right? No one can hear you. Most of you are unmuted out. Okay, take your hand, put it like fist, put it up near your head. And as you say a question, I want you to drop your hand down towards your waist, right? So you can say, do you want to write an offer? You want to, you write. want to write an offer or any question you want, right? Do you want to eat dinner? Do you want to eat chicken? It doesn't matter what you say, right? But as you say this, this is going to naturally bring your voice down in terms of intonation. This is going to help build that muscle memory. I actually have trouble saying certain questions and even going up at the end because I've done this for so long, for so many years. I remember at the very beginning, sitting at a gas station, listening to some like, it weren't AirPods back then. This is 15 years ago, right? Listening to some trainer talking over and over. And I was on a conference call. I think I had my headphones in. I'm sitting at the gas station, pumping gas in my car and I'm doing this. I'm like, um, do you want to meet me at five or seven? Do you want to meet me at five or seven o'clock? Do you want to meet me at five or seven? And the person looking next to me is like pumping gas, looking at me like this person's insane. Like I need to get away from this man very quickly. Right. Ken, did you ever do stuff like that? I've been caught talking in my car to myself a lot. <laughs> so, so do you do this same thing with intonation in terms of saying questions like uh, statements, questions like a statement or how do you, how do you use this? Yeah. For me, when I'm gathering information, the intonation is up. Do you want a do you want a three or four bedroom, or uh, but if you're gathering information, I want information from you. Does a four bedroom work for you? Uh, so when you're gathering information or making statements, you go down. When you're or when you're making a statement, you go down. When you're gathering information, you go up. Uh, it just also works uh, really well. Like when I'm in, I do listings primarily. So when I'm in a listing appointment uh, and we're talking about the competition, the in, the intonation is always up. They sell how they sell 30 homes. Really? So, uh, so I it, love that it can be used to instill doubt or to, to open up possibility as well. I love that. Okay, guys that write that down, planting seeds of doubt. Ken just said instilled doubt, but planting seeds of doubt. You never want to talk bad about your competition. Never. Never. But you can plant seeds of doubt, which is far more powerful anyway. That was great, Ken. I love that. And, and I used the word on a conference call yesterday twice. Uh, I said incredulous. And someone stopped me. He's like, all right, if you're going to keep saying incredulous, you better define incredulous. And like, I think it was giving me a hard time. But like the word incredulous, right, means a little bit like disbelief. A little bit, and that's exactly how you do incredulous. That's how you do disbelief. It's intonation. I didn't make that connection yesterday. It's all intonation. They said so, that? You know, houses? Are you sure they said that? <laughs> okay. 
Now say it one more time and everybody watch Ken on the screen. Watch what his body, now let's tie in body language here, right? Because some of you guys are going like, dude, I get this, this is easy. But we want you to tie this all together to see all these little things you're doing because sometimes when you deliver it, you don't tie them all together. So say that again, Ken, you sell 30 houses. So the other agent said they say they sell 30 houses? Okay, stop, but pause your pause. What is he doing with his head? What do you guys see what he's doing with his head? It's kind of sideways, right? It's kind of sideways. He's kind of scrunching his nose, okay? These are things that I hope you do naturally. And if not, you want to lean into it. What does that do? And Ken, what does that do for you when you turn your head sideways like that? It, uh, it, it, it instills doubt. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know the real technical aspect of it, but I, I know it's a questioning, it's a questioning move. Yeah. It, it also soft- looks at me and puts her head sideways. Like, Oh, I need more information. It, it also softens it. I think. Yeah. Right. It softens it. That head tilt, which is funny because it was on my list. I wanted to get there today, but that head tilt in terms of the way you say things is really important. Sometimes you want to come across very confident and very powerful. Sometimes you want to soften it when you are questioning their beliefs or questioning something like a little puppy, right? Like a little puppy, like dog, it can just say it's natural for it. It's a, it's a natural physiological element that dogs do, animals do, humans do it too, right? When you want to soften something, right? If you look at him and go, you want to write an offer $20,000 under list price? It's very different than if I go, you want to write an offer $20,000 under list price? Just the head tilt, right? You want to write an offer? You want to write an offer $20,000 under list price? Give me you want to write an offer $20,000 on list price? If you guys, can you guys, those of you who don't have your cameras on, I don't know, I can't see you, but those of you with cameras on, do you see the difference just looking at me? And if you're listening to the audio only of the playback, you got to picture a man tilting his head sideways, right? Just picture us tilting our head sideways. You can hear the difference. This is little things that make a big difference. So, so let's combine this now, Ken, with an alternative choice close, which is a really simple concept that you all know because you learned it on your very first script you ever, ever heard. Like how many of you heard a script that said, you want to meet me at two o'clock or five o'clock? Everyone heard that, right? Two o'clock or five o'clock. So now let's put it in the context of writing offers in a really competitive market. How many of you are in a market where if you don't come in a list price, don't bother writing an offer right now? Raise your hand, right? Yeah. Almost everybody. I don't know who in the country right now is in a market that is not like that. So if you're in a market where it says that the, uh, um, you know, I'm going to be saying things like the, the alternative choice closes. Do you want to write an offer 5,000 over list or 15,000 over list. Scale it based on your price point. Do you want to write an offer at list or above? I'm, never, I'm not even writing offers at list price anymore. That's a waste, right? We had an offer yesterday. This is in a, a $1.9 million house that the agent is mispriced and is probably worth more like two, two. And our client's all excited. Like, I'm going to come in at, like, it's been on the market for three hours. Let's come in at, at one, at, you know, at full list price at 199. Those of you, by the way, in lower price points, I'm not trying to rub it in. I'm just saying like the price point doesn't matter. Every price point in the country right now is insane. So you got this person who goes, I'm a red one. And like, why even bother? They got six showings the next day. I'm not going to accept your full-time so, offer. It's going, go yeah, ahead. You can come in at, you want to come in nine, nine, or we can write it at 1.95. There you go. Right. Do, do you guys hear the you difference of the write it nine, nine? And you know, hey, verbal community, I think this goes on the premise that only what 30% of what you say, uh, say is meaning. Uh, the, the rest of the meaning that people take from you is from your, intonations and from your your verbal cues and your body language and everything else and it's very important to understand this especially when you're in front of people all right so that last one of this and we'll move forward um but like if you guys go back to that right dropping your hand down do you want do you want to write an offer 
Let's all try this. You want to write an offer at 5,000 over list or 15,000 over list? Not numbers don't matter. Try it, right? You guys are on mute. We can't even hear you. Ready? Do you want to write an offer at 5,000 over list or 20,000 over list? Or 15,000 over list? 5,000 over list or 20,000 over list? You guys get that? And if you're already doing this, how, raise your hand if you're already doing this. You're like, I do this all the time. Awesome. How many of you are like, dude, I'm going to play with this? Okay. Play with it. Have fun with it. Now. What'd you say, Ken? We all need to be saying every day, sign the listing agreement now. (laughs) There you go. Sign the listing agreement now. If if we ended the call right here and you guys practiced it, which I know you're going to do, okay, that would be all we need. Literally, that's all we need to do. So the rest of the things I'm going to throw, we're not going to throw out now. There's going to be other fun things for you to play with, right? But if you just practice that, it would make a difference. Think about all the hard work you do to get to the point of someone who's going to write an offer. Having them write a strong offer, like it makes it, it's, 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 it's frustrating right now. All right, let me give you another one. And I learned this on one of these calls, Ken. Did you ever know of the trailing or? Yes. <laughs> I never knew that one. This, this was new. I learned this from a Dan Roshan who was on here a couple months ago. How many of you guys remember the trailing or? Anybody? Uh, that was a good call, actually. Right. So, so if you don't know this one, right, let's use the same thing, right? This is where you're with your intonation, you're going to kind of stay neutral and we're going to let it trail off. So do you want to write an offer of 5,000 over list or? And you're going to wait as long as it takes for them to finish that sentence. As long as it takes them to finish that sentence, right? Now you've just set the floor of like, we're writing it 5,000 over. Maybe they'll say they want to come in lower. But chances are they're going to be like, I don't know, 10,000 over, right? (laughs) And again, use this, guys, when it's the perfect house and the client loves it and it's in line with their goals. We're not trying to manipulate them to overpay for something they don't want to over, something that doesn't work for them. But it's something that's got to be, this is why we get paid the big bucks of salespeople. We help people get out of their own way in order to do things they want to do. The trailing or uses the most powerful negotiation technique I know of. And that the most powerful technique uh, negotiation technique is silence, right? If you if you leave a if you leave a long period of silence, do you know how uncomfortable it is to be have a silent pause? Especially us as salespeople, we love to fill every void with sound. But when you're negotiating with a buyer to write an offer or to take a listing, if you use a trailing or, and then you it's like it's like a uh, it, it's a game almost. How long can you go before somebody cracks and fills the void? And uh, But that's a super powerful technique in getting what you want because you guide them to the edge of the place you want them to go and then leave it hanging. And then what comes out is what's in their mind. And that's what's important because what they say next is coming from them. It's not something you planted. So you find out what their objection is. You find out what their uh, issue is or you get the listing or the sale. I, I love silence. Hey, there's your second thing that would take away from the call. Silence. Play with that one. It's okay to make your clients a little uncomfortable just for a moment or two. It's great to mess with your kids with too. <laughs> yeah, kids. I know my kids are too young for that. My kids are two and five. Does it work on a two and a five-year-old? Yeah, absolutely. Teach me young man. <laughs> ooh, ooh, and Zach just we said in the chat. Ones, Jesse. <laughs> Zach just said in the chat, the silence can be loud. I love that. The silence can be loud. Good one. All right. 
That's from that's from Metallica. He said, "I didn't know that was a Metallica line." That, that we just learned something from. Metallica. Thank you, James Hetfield. We we just got sales training from James Hetfield. Cool. Uh, that's a singer of Metallica. Those of you not into Metallica. All right, uh, let's do a what specifically, and then I got a couple of quick ones. So I think I taught you guys this one at one point, but if we don't use it that often, maybe you don't remember. So what specifically? Anyone remember going over this one before? Ken does. All right, awesome. It's new stuff then. Okay. You're going to use this to call people's beliefs into questions. So this is, you have to, the reason I'm teaching this one, because this is specific words that I use. However, I'm going to use this with the head tilt softening, because this is something you want to use in a really, you got to watch your intonation, watch your head tilt. The way you say this one matters, right? What's, I'm just curious, what specifically, that's the format. I'm just curious if you want to soften it, what specifically, and then you're going to state something to call their belief in the question. What specifically um, is it about writing an offer at list price that, you, that causes you to believe you'll actually get your offer accepted? And then silence, like Ken said. The most powerful thing is silence. That's right. You guys want to write that down and try that word for word? Try it with your clients. See what they say. You're going to get this look of like, that's just what I want to pay. Well, cool. Or who knows what they're going to say. I don't know what they're going to say, right? I'm just curious, what specifically is it about writing an offer at list price that causes you to believe? That's that phrase that, that in the middle causes you to believe, makes you believe, allows you to think, causes you to believe uh, you'll get your offer accepted. Ken's smiling. Yeah. He's the only one who's tried this. It works. Doesn't this stuff work, Ken? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm curious, what specifically causes you to believe that listing your house for $200,000 more than a recommended price will get you the money you want for the home? It's a really good one. <laughs> they either have no answer or they kind of stumble through something, but you're going to save them from that uncomfortable feeling because you're going to bring them back from it. It's not about leaving them in that uncomfortable place. It's, you're going to bring them back and say, okay, well, let's, if you really want to get your offer accepted, or if you really want to net the most amount of money, let's walk through the plan of how to do this. This is how you frame it up so you guys can handle it. Making sense, you know, guys? I think it's worth saying that uh, you, you, we're, we're dealing with, we'll call them lay people, right? They're not professional salespeople in most cases. And a lot of the stuff that they do in front of us is they're just either unsure, uncertain, or they're trying things out that their their friend or their barista told them. And so, for so call, calling these things into question really establishes where they really are, and that's really important because a lot of times we get sidetracked by things that they weren't really even committed to. Yeah. All right. Next one. Ready? This is a really easy one for some of you. Some of you are going to have to really channel your inner. I don't know, you're in or something to do this one, but it's really simple. This one's just positivity. The way you say things matters and positivity goes a heck of a long way. What do I mean by that? It's not like it's literally smiling, feeling good about it, excited, energy. Some of you are very mellow and very calm. I get that. I'm not saying that you mean to be inauthentic. Ken, are you a pretty excitable guy? Or are you a pretty like stable guy? How, do, how would you define yourself? He's pretty stable. But when you talk certain times, I hear you get really excited in certain moments, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Do you do that naturally? Because I've noticed this about Ken for years. And by the way, if you guys don't know Ken's background, I didn't give him a good introduction in case he's never been here. Ken, how many years have you made your living over the phone? 35. 35. And prior to joining EXP, you were the, how were you ranked in your, how many agents were in your office prior to joining EXP? I don't know, 130. And, and, what, and what were you ranked in that office typically? One, one, two or three always. Okay. 
This is, a, this is a man for many, many, like this is literally, these are the skills that made him, he, we've calculated how much money Ken makes per hour. And I know it's not just all about the money, but the money is nice, right? Ken's made more money per hour than almost any realtor I've ever met in terms of when he picks up the phone and talks to people. And it's all these things we're talking about, the way you say things that matter. So uh, I'm curious, Ken, if you're a pretty even keel guy, but I hear you just turn it on in moments, is that natural? Do you practice it? Does it happen? Where does that positivity come from? Uh, it's, it's a combination of practice. I have a lot of empathy. I love people. And uh, like last night when I was talking to people back and forth to some prospects yesterday and I was kind of texting you at the same time, I was getting really excited because, you know, I just love the idea of helping people in their lives, whether, you know, buying how in buying a house, that's a big deal. That's really cool to be a part of that. And I think if you put your arms around that as a part of what we do every day, uh, that empathy uh, comes through to people and they connect with that. Okay. In this market right now, because you're spot on, Ken, be honest with me. You can either raise your hand, type in the box, or you don't even need to raise your hand. But how many of you have felt at moments like you've been a little beaten down by this market? Like it's an amazing real estate market, but dude, it's, it's challenging, right? A couple of you. I mean, I mean, I told you the story about my mom. My mom has been in this market for you know, 16 years, sold lots and lots of houses. And uh, it's frustrating. You write offer for buyers after buyer after buyer. There's no inventory, right? If you start to allow that, like there's a difference between acknowledging it and being empathetic and being taking that mindset and just having it contagious to your client. You got to be the one to be more positive in this relationship, you and your client. Yeah. Are, are you reflecting their frustration or are they reflecting your optimism? And you have to be optimistic because you know there's a house out there. We do it every day. So there's houses out there for everybody. So... Yeah. So who's, who's, who's being the reflector? Someone's the winning offer. Yeah. Right. You're, yeah. Getting, beat, you're getting beaten out by somebody. Someone's the winning I'm offer. I'm here to be number two. Yeah. Okay. I just want to throw there's that a, out. It's a there's a house easy. for everybody. If they will listen to you and take your advice about pricing and areas and things like that. Sure. You know what I find, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but most buyers don't necessarily take what we say for granted until they go into the NC in real life over the course of two or three or four offers in many cases that, yeah, what you've been saying all along. So you just need to be consistent and emphatic and remind them that, you know, and educate them. This is an educational process. I know it's, as buyer's agents, it's super tough. Uh, Miles is, uh, Johnson is on here. He's my buyer's agent and he goes through this. I see it all the time. Uh, and we're starting to go through it with listings more, more and more as well. So we just have to be, you know, determined and optimistic. And people connect to the optim uh, optimism; they love it. They want to, when you walk out the door, they should feel better, not worse. So, so here's a word I'm going to give you guys as a trigger. Okay, this is a from the land of NLP, neurolinguistic programming. It's a self hypnosis word, and it's a really, really simple word that you know from a John Lennon song called "Imagine." Okay? And I'm giving you that reference if you know the John Lennon song and I'm giving you the background. However, it's going to stick in your mind. Imagine, because anytime you can throw it in a conversation, you don't want to use it all the time. But if you've got someone, Anita, right? That was Anita asking that question. If you've got someone, Anita, that is not listening to you and they're getting a little burned out and whatever it is, let's do a little self-hypnosis on them because you can giving, using the word imagine bypasses their conscious mind and allows them to tap into part of their brain that can be a little lighter. And let's just try something like, Hey, I, I get it. Dude, it's, it's a challenging market. You could acknowledge them. You can be empathetic. I get it. It's a challenging market. Imagine that you, 
that you found the perfect house. And imagine that you're now, you're, your family's moving into it, right? You got your offer accepted. We did everything we need to do. Imagine moving into it. Walk me through what that would feel like and bring them to that state of mind first, bring them there and then work them backwards of what would need to happen, right? Okay, so let, let's, how would that feel, right? Forget about the how. Let's just imagine that you actually got yourself into a home, right? Now you're in the home. And again, listen to my intonation, guys. I'm using down state. I'm going down with all these, they're all statements, right? You're in the home. You're moved in. The move's already done. Everything's unpacked. You're settled in. Walk me through that would feel, what that would feel like if they're an empathetic person feel. You could, if they're using words like, you know, what would that sound like, right? How would that- What would it smell like? What would that smell like, right? Home and dinner's on the table and, you know, Lakeisha's making her favorite rolls and, you know, and you just feel good. And you sit back in your favorite chair and click on the TV and the dogs or the kids hop on your lap. What's that feel like? And so from there, guys, you're going to, at that point, then work them backwards. Okay, what will that take to get there? We need to get your offer accepted. Let's look at what that's going to take. And now you can bring it, but from that state, you're, you're, you're changing their state, which, which changes their receptivity, right? I'm going to give you one last quick one uh, before we run out of time here. And then actually, I think I have time for two of them. This is a really, really fun one called Just the Fact that I've taught some of you guys this, but this is another one where you're going to smush two concepts together from reality right? So let's say you're talking again to a buyer and Ken, you can translate this into seller, seller speak, but I like from the buyer side, right? Just, and I keep talking about writing high offers. Why do I keep talking about writing strong offers, guys? Because, because I really believe it's the only way you're getting things accepted. Okay. <laughs> like you got to come in swinging. There is no deals right now where someone's going to like come in and swoop it. Like you got to see, we've got to figure out ways to get our clients. If it is the right house and it's what they want to do and it's in their budget, we've got to figure out ways to help them get out of their own way and do this and do it quicker because that's how they're getting their offers accepted, okay? So just the fact that we've written three offers already shows me, right, we're going to write a strong offer this time. Is there any connection in real life to writing three offers and now them writing a strong offer? None, none whatsoever, unless they learn, right? But like, but I'm, but I'm making that statement. Ken's not excited as I guess there is. Well, I'm making that statement in their mind. How about this, guys? Just the fact that it's Tuesday shows me you guys are some of the top agents in the country. Is there any connection to this being Tuesday and you guys being top agents? No, you guys are. You're all rock stars because clearly you're here. Like I know you are, but I'm just smushing things together, right? So you want to drop in little phrases. And again, my intonation is very like, that's a statement when I say it, right? Just the fact that there were six other showings today shows me we're right now a strong offer on this one. All right, Latisa wants me to repeat that one. Which one? Just the fact that it's Tuesday shows me you guys are some of the top agents in the country. I want to repeat that one. You just want to hear your rock stars? No, which one? Which one, Latisse? Which one I want me to repeat? <laughs> just, just the fact that, that there's six other showings today shows you, you guys are going to, we're going to write a strong offer. Shows me we're going to, we're going to, right? Ken, how would you put this in seller speak? Oh, well, just the fact that you called me and I showed up here on time, prepared and ready to go, shows you that I'm the agent that you want to list your house. And you want your house listed and sold, isn't it? Don't you? Yeah. Sign the agreement now. So I, can I? Can we step back to the future pacing? I mean, what we're doing, uh, the, the, the last line that we were going through, yeah. uh, the future pacing. Future pacing for buyers in this market is really, really, probably the most powerful tool I would use. I use it for sellers. But, you know, Jesse, just imagine three months from now, and we're still looking for a house. We've made seven more offers, not got it. What would future you say to, to present you now about writing a strong offer, going all the way and avoiding the frustration of making more and more offers and not getting them? 
What would future Jesse say? That's good. I I would say go for it. Yeah. I'd say let's do it. Go for it all the way. Yeah. You guys imagine yourself in this house in three months now. Do you feel good about writing that extra high offer, even though it was a stretch? I love it. And and here's what I wanted to point out for all these things, guys. In a typical market, I always believe as a listing agent, you got to be really kind of take charge and dominant. That's just my personal belief, right? Ken, you can tell hearing him talk. That's why he's gravitated listings. That's just how Ken is. Okay. On the buyer side, it typically was, you could just like hold their hands, go skipping through a field of flowers, looking at pretty houses and like, right, it's, right? And that's why a lot of us liked working with buyers. Yeah. In this market, to get your offers accepted, to get clients into contract, you've got to be a little more directive with your buyers. This is the market we're in. This is the reality of where we're at. So those of you who've never operated this way, it's going to feel different. It's going to take a little bit of a shift. When you feel yourself feeling a little uncomfortable, that's okay. That's good. Okay? Lean into it. Lean, Lean into, into it. it. That means you're doing what you need to do. So Ken, any final thoughts before I wrap this up here? Yeah. Everybody with your next buyer, use the future you. What would future you say to present you if you didn't get the offer because you missed it by just a few thousand dollars? Ooh, that's so good. Say that one again. What would future you say to current you, to, to the present you, if you missed the offer by just a few thousand dollars? I love it. If you didn't go all the way. I love it. And, and guys, do you feel a little bit more positive yourselves about going out into the market right now? Raise your hand if I can see you. Do you feel a little more positive? Type in the box. That was my whole idea with this call, right? Do you feel just a little more positive? Right? Imagine that you actually go out there and you say these things to clients. No, so I just use the word imagine, right? Imagine you go out there and you say these things to clients. Can you picture what sort of response you're going to get? You see this, guys? This, our, our jobs can be really fun if we make them. This market can be really exciting. There are people getting deals feel? done every day and you guys are going to be the ones who do it. I know it. How are you going to feel when you use a future you and the buyer says, yeah, let's go for it? How are you going to feel like? What's that going to feel like? You write that offer and get the deal. Yeah. Share it. We'd love you guys are amazing you. agents who are. You guys are. Ken, thank you for being here with me today. This is super fun. I'm glad, I'm glad you jumped in. Everybody have a wonderful day. Uh, Krista Mayshore will be here tomorrow talking about social media and video. And we got lots of people in the chat, Ken, saying they love that. Dude, it's so good, Ken. I love it, love it, love it. All right, guys, enjoy your day. Have a good one, everybody. Bye, guys. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.